Welcome to Intersect, where church meets culture. I'm Josh Desch, pastor of Community and Discipleship at Northeast Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina. And I am joined, as always, by the jubilant Betsy. <laughs> Betsy, you feeling jubilant today? Woohoo! I want I want you to have a T-shirt that says, "Though she be jubilant, she is fierce," because <laughs> you don't want to mess with Bets. I like that. I would totally wear it. Awesome. You would rock it well. <laughs> That's funny. well for today, Intersect listeners. Here's our title. Should you follow your heart? Hmm. Question. That's that's the question that we want to ask. Betsy, should you follow your heart? Well, that's really dependent on several things that we're going to okay. get into. If it was a yes or no, everyone could just go home right now. Right. But it's a little more complicated than that. Should you follow your heart? This is really uh, the dominant question in our culture today. It's behind so much. It's behind advertising. It's behind movies. It's behind—we're going to get into this a lot. But the first question I want to ask is, Betsy, have you seen the movie— Back to the Future. Mm, I don't think I ever have. Really? Wow. I feel like I've kind of failed as a husband. That's just, <laughs> just because that's one of my all-time favorite 80s movies. I might have seen I might have seen like five minutes one time and I was like, this isn't my jam. Have you seen E.T.? No. Really? You haven't seen E.T.? Have you seen Ghostbusters? Yes. I'm just naming some like big 80s movies right now. I did now. see Ghostbusters. Didn't love it, to be okay. honest. Breakfast did not Club. love it. Just just naming some 80s nope. movies. I haven't seen it. Okay. You were doing great things probably while I was watching 80s movies. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. I, well, I'm just watching I got to say, Back to the Future, one of my all-time favorite movies, partly because of the soundtrack. I don't know if you ever had the soundtrack, Bets, if you yes. listen. But you got Huey Lewis in the News, The Power of Love. That's the power of love. Just love that track. Man. Just feeling that track right yeah. now. All of our listeners love it when you sing. Okay, yeah, I'll stop. <laughs> but, okay, here's the question I want to put in front of our audience today. 500 years from now, if you could take a car ride back to the year 2019, what would that person discover about American culture? Hmm. And in a broader sense, what would they discover about the culture of the West? And when we talk about West, we mean Europe, Canada, Australia. But more and more, the West just means people with our values. I feel like in some ways it's like not communist, you know, mm-hmm. because Western values are are more and more in South America and in other parts of the world. Sure. So 500 years from now, somebody hops in their spacecraft, whatever that looks like, their Ford EX spacecraft or something. <laughs> And they go back to the year 2019, and and okay, they discover that we that we love Starbucks, hmm. um, so true, and and other things, and Chick Fil A, and um, all all different interesting things, and we love our sports and all these different things about America. But if they were really smart, future time travelers, they would also want to know like what is what do these people believe, right? Hmm. Like what what gets people out of bed. What's the, if I can use this word, what's the philosophy of the day? Sure. Right? There's always a philosophy in the culture, even if a person never thinks about it. They That's never... right. Everyone's driven by something. Oh, yeah. Whether I... or not they know what they're driven exactly. by. Exactly. Ideas run the world. It doesn't matter whether it's a person so agrees with that or even whether a person even has an idea. You know, and I used to be the person who was like, Josh was a, um, you were a double major, history and philosophy. I used to be the person who was like, philosophy is so worthless. <laughs> Sorry. Um <laughs> okay. Uh, but the older I've gotten, I'm just glad you went on a date with me. I mean, <laughs> your philosophy major, you're, it's kind of a check against you. No offense. 
<laughs> no, it's great. Um, but the older I've gotten, the more I've been like, good heavens, it, it really is true in so many ways that the philosophical ideas are what drive our world because people do. It's like you said, everyone has um, core beliefs, whether or not they acknowledge that they have them. Yeah. Ph philosophy is the air we breathe. It's the operating system behind the computer. It's, it's what's driving everything. And it's really, if you think about our culture, like our TV shows, our politics, all that is, it's just an expression of the ideas that have won the day. Right. They're already the dominant ideas. That's why we don't think about them. They've already they've already won the day. That's right. Now, like when, what we value, what we care exactly, about, what exactly. we live for. That's all philosophy. Those are ideas. Those are beliefs that we hold. You can't get around them. Right. Okay. So anyway, back to our um, cool. Do you remember the car? And back to it was called a DeLorean. And okay. it's very cool. The doors would open up. If I could pick a car to go back in time with right now, I'd pick a Tesla. That's just me. Oh yeah, that'd what, be awesome. What, what would you pick? Do you have a? Are you ready for that question? I'd pick my Honda Odyssey. Your Honda, really? <laughs> <laughs> I think the past would reject it. And no, it's awesome. It's yeah, a, I it's love the best that. car ever. It's the it's the awesome wagon there that you're totally cruising in. Absolutely. You don't have one of those stickers on the back though that says "I I thought I would never drive this" or something. Have no. You, have you seen those? Oh yeah. Okay, there's some of those. Right. I'm all about the minivan. Well, if if the future time traveler could go back in time and went back and said, okay, what do Americans in 2019 believe? What's the dominant philosophy? I think it could be summed up in two words. Are you ready? Sure. Okay, drum roll. But, uh, here we go. Expressive individualism. All right, that's our, that's our big philosophical categorization of what is getting everybody out of bed in the morning of what's driving our decisions, why we buy what we buy, why we do what we do, why we wear what we wear, why we say what we say. In so many ways, it's an expression of this idea, expressive individualism. I hadn't heard this phrase until maybe like a year or so ago. Had you heard it before recently, Betts? Um, Were you aware of it? Well, not necessarily the expressive section. Um, okay, but you've heard individualism. Yeah. Sure, as, mm -hmm. a big, as a big thing. Of course. Okay, so there's a book that came out in 1985. It's called Habits of the Heart, uh, Individualism and Commitment in American Life. And that's where this idea first was presented. And I feel like, like a lot of ideas, that's when the seed was planted, and now it's like the tree has grown up. And now you're, I'm hearing this phrase, expressive individualism, more and more in the culture. Mm -hmm. So more and more people are are saying, yes, this does fit who this we are. This fits, this describes. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. So let, let me throw out a definition. You might have a, a bit of a definition of your own bets or some thoughts on it, but here's a real simple definition. Expressive individualism is the belief that the highest good is individual freedom, happiness, self-definition, and self-expression. Hmm. Okay, let me let me just say it one more time. It's a belief that the highest good is individual freedom, happiness, self-definition, and self-expression. And all of those all of those words are important, but let's just for a minute to make this really easy, talk about some statements that express this idea. Sure. Here we but go. Kind of bring it down a little um, to something that's more accessible. That's UBU. Mm. UBU. That would be one. Sure. Be true to yourself. Find yourself. Yep. Follow your heart. Yep. And that All was the question. And that's the question dominant. we asked, right? Mm -hmm. Should you follow your heart? Uh, of course, that the the obvious, you know, answer to that is well, it depends on what your heart's going after. Sure. I, I would hope we would we would not just want to say anything, but actually, what our culture is increasingly saying is it doesn't matter what the object is that the heart wants. All that matters is the pursuit. 
Okay, that's where we are as a culture. The the worst thing, like the the capital crime now, is to limit a person's self-expression. Yes, true. And and basically what we are saying as a society is as long as as long as you're not harming another person, either physically, sexually, something like that, you should not have any limits on on what on how you want to express yourself. Mm-hmm. That's True. that's what's going on. So was reading an article in the New York Times the other day, Betts. Um, is about a person that uh, is gender non-binary, so they don't re- they don't identify as male or female. Mm-hmm. They go by uh, the pronoun they. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. They them. Um, our culture today, and and actually the article wrote about this person using the person's preferred pronouns they them, which was it was very difficult to just. It's hard to read because yeah. that's plural. It was it was you read it and you think yeah. it's talking about a group you of people. It was anyway. grammatically challenging. Yes, but the point is in the New York Times, absolutely not saying um, making any kind of value judgments on this at all, just really and really kind of celebrating and saying this is where we are as a culture. Mm-hmm. So highest value is to express yourself. Mm-hmm. It's to and it's to express yourself in that unique way that makes you you. And what our culture is saying is only by doing that will you find fulfillment and purpose in your life. Yes. Okay. And this is important. It's not just that you're an individual, it's that you have to express that. You have to let those desires sort of you, you know, the worst thing you can do is curb them. Mm-hmm. The worst thing you can do is is allow some kind of set of morals or something like that to restrict where your self-expression would want to go. Mm-hmm. So that's, I want to tell you about this article that I read. Actually, it was sometime last year. I, th- I think it was from 2018, but it's something I've just kind of been saving. And I have to admit, it's one of the f- more enjoyable articles I've come across just because it was just, it's kind of silly and also interesting, but it's from the Daily Mail. It's actually from November of 2018. And here is the headline. Pensioner, meaning a person who is um, older and receiving a pension. Pensioner who identifies as 45-year-old begins legal action to have his age reduced so he can attract more women on Tinder. (laughs) (laughs) Now, it's not just about Tinder, okay? I got to read some of And what's the real age of the pension? He's 69. Okay. So this guy, he's, he's from the Netherlands. His name is Emil Rattlebond. I'm sure I got that wrong. <laughs> he is a 69-year-old positivity guru, famous in the Netherlands. He says doctors told him he has a 45-year-old's body and wants to be younger. And so he is now suing his local authority after they refused to amend his age. Hmm. And actually, he's he he says he has he says the doctors told him he has the body of a 45-year-old. He's actually really being generous because all he wants to do is have his birth certificate changed 20 years. So he wants to be 49 years old. Oh, right. Yeah. So yeah. that's all he's – he's asking for 20 years. Sure. And here, here's quoting from the article again. He argues that if <laughs> transgender people are allowed to change sex, he should be allowed to change the date of birth because doctors said he has the body of a 45-year-old. I mean the logic is it, – it, it holds. It does hold. Yeah. It does. When you, when you start talking about biological realities – you know, that where's the line that we draw? Yeah. So yeah. let me let me quote Emil. And, you know, he's a very logical man. Okay, here's what he says. When I'm 69, I am limited. If I'm 49, then I can buy a new house, drive a different car. I can take up more work. When I'm on Tinder and it says I'm 69, I don't get an answer. 
when I'm 49, with the face I have, I will be in a luxurious position. <laughs> That's what he says. That's a quote. I'm just quoting him. So here he is. Um, here he is. And uh, let me add this. He also says this. Transgender people can now have their gender, gender changed on their birth certificate, and in the same spirit, there should be room for an age change. Mm. Okay. So, uh, so, so he went to his local authority. They denied it. He's suing them. I, I don't know if this has been settled since uh since he brought the lawsuit but one yeah, of the questions fascinating it's fascinating one of the questions the judge initially uh, i think denied his request and that's why he's suing and the judge that initially denied the request said uh he said i'm sympathetic but he said for whom did your parents care for in those early years if we change your age 20 years hmm. who was that little boy back then which is a great question i guess that's a an unidentified person or something like that yes but very interesting okay maybe our audience says this is an extreme example. And it is. It is. We get that. But logically, it fits. And and it also, it does highlight um, where we are as a culture that we are increasingly, and as Westerners, whether we're in the Netherlands, the United States, or anywhere, we're saying, I should have that freedom to express myself, and I can't find happiness unless I express myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just amazing how this attitude is prevalent in so many things. It's prevalent in advertising. It's, oh, yeah. It's, you know, there's been a major change in advertising to we're no longer advertising a product or advertising a story, right? Yes. But what you, you have a thought here. Well, I was going to say, you were just telling me the other day about um, the interview you heard with the, the guy from Under Armour. Oh, yeah. That totally fits. Yep. Yep. The, the, I was listening to an interview with a executive with Under Armour, and he kept talking about their story mm-hmm. and how their brand is authentic. And everything he was saying, it didn't seem like it had anything to do with clothes. Especially sports clothes. Sports clothes. It, yeah. was, all about, <laughs> it was all about if you wear Under Armour, you'll become this person. You'll identify with this story we're telling. We're authentic to who you want to be. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it really had nothing to do with the product. It, it had everything to do with discovering who you are. Mm-hmm. And, and expressing that. So um, another thing here, I wanted I wanted to re- share something that Tim Keller uh, shared in his book, Every Good Endeavor. Okay, Tim Keller says this. And now he's up in New York City, pastor up in New York City, now retired. But he said that he says this in that book, Every Good Endeavor. I've spoken to many of my church members in marketing and advertising about the shift away from advertising the benefits of products in favor of advertising a life story that promises the consumer an enhanced identity and a higher quality of life. Mm -hmm. We are encouraged to create a persona through the brands we choose to purchase and the identity we are able to construct for ourselves online. Absolutely. So there's the online, there's a social media thing too. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what I was thinking about in in uh, this topic, it falls under this topic so well because in social media, we're looking to express who you are, you know, as an individual. I always think of that bio section on Instagram. You mm-hmm. know, you list the few things that you want to be known yep. as or, you yep. know, that you choose to identify yourself. And not that that's bad. It's not at all. But, you know, those are the things that you kind of view as the parts of your identity. But then the ironic thing about social media, you know, it's this expression of individualism. But then ironically, also, we're putting it up there for other people's approval. Like you want people to like how you express yourself. Yeah. Because 
if you're really just expressing yourself as an individual, it shouldn't really matter shouldn't if people matter. like it or not. No, it shouldn't. But because we're social creatures, we can't, we can't not want yeah. people to like it. There's a deep irony in yes. our expression that Correct. we're all there's a deep insecurity because mm-hmm. we're expressing ourselves, but we also we also want people's approval. Right. Just it's just like the guy who wants to change his age. If he feels like he's forty nine, why does it matter whether um Yeah, why does he have to say he's Yeah, 49? why does he have to say it? Why does he need a document? Because True. what we need is we we want to be able to express ourselves and then we need the affirmation that and the comes validation. and the validation that comes from getting it. Mm-hmm. So to go back to this advertising thing, Bets, have you seen a picture of the Marlboro man before? Oh yeah. You know that dude? Yeah. Yep. Um Absolutely. You were, and um Camel Joe Camel Joe, he's a, he's, he camel he's a camel Joe? with a cigarette coming out of his yeah. mouth. He was all over yep. when we were kids. Yep, you were you weren't hoping that I would be like the Marlboro man, were you? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm falling really short of that. Do no, not he's smoke not who I was looking cigarettes. For. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Well, do you yeah. know that in 1954, the Marlboro man was introduced? Okay. And sales for the Marlboro cigarettes hit five billion in nineteen fifty-five. Oof. Nineteen fifty-five dollars? Five billion? Uh, yes. Wow. Which I have no idea what that is today. That's a lot of it's dollars. A, that's a big number. Yeah. That was a 3,000% increase from 1954 to 1955. Wow. And I was reading this article in The Atlantic about the Marlboro Man, and it said, prior to the Marlboro Man, cigarette branding centered more on the practical benefits of a cigarette, which is- <laughs> Which is really which funny. Is so, yeah. Like, Years later. Like things like reach for a lucky instead of a sweet. Oh, my Or gosh. more doctors smoke camels. Or, oh, that's uh, crazy. It's just really hilarious. But apparently back then it was like- I guess like a cough drop, have a cigarette. Um, but so, but this is what it said about the Marlboro man. What the Marlboro man campaign displays was a trend to see, uh, in lifestyle branding, the image of a person that consumer aspires to be like, or already imagines that he is. So the point mm-hmm. is the Marlboro man, he became this, uh, this macho, incredible. I want to be like him. Right. And if I smoke cigarettes, I'll become like him. Mm-hmm. That was the shift. Right. That was happening, and now it's everywhere. If you it's drive everywhere. this car, you'll be like Matthew McConaughey. You know, he's always on the oh, Cadillac. Oh yeah, what is it? Is is, it I think it's Cad- is Buick or Cadillac? Cadillacs. Cadillac, yeah, They're commercials. He doesn't even say anything. He's just sitting there, like yeah, pushing some buttons. That's and everywhere, though. And, if you if you yeah. do this, if you you know, you can um, assume that identity through the product. Yeah, and yeah. so this is really where we are as a culture. Mm. You know what's amazing? Uh, we we talk about people who are prophets, prophets of the age. Mm. Um, there's a guy named, let me see if I get this right. Cause, cause we, cause we all read about this guy, a Frenchman, Alex de Tocqueville. Oh yeah. Did I say it right? I think it's Alexis. Alexis. Okay. All right. Well, oh, I, Alex, I'm I on know. a first name basis yeah. <laughs> with him. Also no, I think you're right. I think it's Alexis de Tocqueville. Remember we all read him in high school. It was like part of the, I must've read the cliff notes on that. All right. <laughs> you're I prob- probably more than I did. Um, uh, he said this about America way back in 1831. Hmm. Amazing. And and by the way, he was very, he praised America. He said America is an incredible country. But then he wrote this, men easily attain a certain equality of condition in America, but they never attain as much as they desire. At every moment, they think they're about to grasp it and it escapes at every moment from their hold. It's like, imagine that hand reaching out, trying to grab something, but then it slips away. This is the reason for the strange melancholy that haunts inhabitants of democratic countries in the midst of abundance. Mm. That's a big sentence, but basically he's saying in rich countries, there's a lot of depression mm. and anxiety, mm. which just Google those two words and America's off the charts. Right. 
So that's where we are as a country. We are a country that, uh, and, and, and in many ways, the world that says, express yourself and you'll find yourself. Right. Well, this is um, going back to ground that we covered in an earlier episode. Listeners, you'll remember that we published a couple episodes on Disney in the fall. They were, um, Disney in the Spotlight, parts one and yep. two. Yep. So this is covering some ground that we did there. But there, um, I, I think in American culture, you know, Disney is such a force and they are all about expressive individualism, are they not? I mean, oh, yeah, absolutely. every Disney movie is just all about individualism. So, yep. and Ma- not that maybe, I don't love them. Maybe Disney would say singing expressive individualism yes. because you got to sing it. If you sing That's it, right. it's better. Right. So I was thinking of one of my favorite movies while we were preparing for this episode, uh, Moana. I love Moana. Oh, I love okay. the music. Um, and, and in I'm one of- Back to the Future. I'm still taking Huey, Huey Lewis in the movies. <laughs> Over Moana. Moana is so great. Sorry. Um, so in our, our listeners who have seen this, the movie will remember in the beginning, um, Moana's grandma is singing to her. And these lyrics, I thought, are spe- especially um, illustrative of Disney's individualist focus. Okay, so this is what Moana's grandma says to Moana. She says, you are your father's daughter, stubbornness and pride. Mind what he says, but remember, you may hear a voice inside. And if the voice starts to whisper to follow the farthest star, Moana, that voice inside is who you are. And wow. so, you know, eventually wow. Moana goes, her dad tells her not to leave the reef, um, but she, she does, and she saves the world through her individual expression of who she is. Yep. And like I said, it's a great movie. I love it. But um, that is just all over Disney, which in many ways is just the expression of America is that, you know, by finding who you are, by tapping into that thing inside of you, that is where life is found. Yeah, and if, and if you don't do it, oh, yeah. you're missing your life. You're miserable. You're always, right. you're always, you're never there. Mm-hmm. You're always unfulfilled. The grass is always greener. Right. What a great example, the voice inside. Okay, let, let's, let's bring this to a close. I want to say two things to close out. Number one, we should be aware that this is the uh, dominant culture of our day, right? Mm-hmm. This, is, this is the ideas that's driving everything from the Marlboro Man to everything else. But secondly, I want to say this, and more importantly, it's it's both sad and also ironic that in many ways this is the exact opposite of what Jesus said in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, whoever finds his life will lose it, whoever, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And, and expressive individualism says the point of your life is to find your life. It's, it's to live for yourself. And Jesus says, actually, if you live for a purpose greater than yourself, for, if you live for me and for my kingdom, you'll actually find what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So Jesus says it's the opposite way of expressive individualism is how we find meaning and purpose. And that doesn't mean you don't lose your, your, who you are as an individual, but Jesus is saying if you just live for yourself, if you try to find purpose in life in yourself, then you'll lose it. That's right. But if you give it up, you'll gain it. That's right. It's the it's the the paradox of the message of Jesus, and it's the opposite of expressive individualism. Yeah, and you know the the whole thing about individualism is people are at the center. You know, I am at the center, not God. I am the judge of what's right and wrong. Um, you know, I I do what's what advances my life purpose. Um, and I, I've, I've been reading a book called Hidden Worldviews. It's, it's really fascinating. So it kind of you know, pulls back the curtain a little bit of the Western story to say these are the cultural forces that really shape our lives. So there, there's a chapter on individualism. And this sentence really struck out, uh, stuck out to me as um, really profound. 
it says, the author said, um, commitments to others are considered potential obstacles to happiness rather than a source of happiness. And so, you know, in the Christian life, um, we find such joy and meaning by serving, by giving ourselves to the Lord and by giving ourselves to others, not putting ourselves at the center and, um, you know, just trying to be authentic to who we are. We think so often that by committing to other people, we're going to lose our happiness rather than maybe that's how we find our happiness is by commitments to others um, through serving the Lord. Yeah, through living for a purpose other than our own self-fulfillment. Right. And you know what the bad news here, though, is, Bets, if if we want to change our ages to younger than we are, we really can't do it. We, we have to just be cool really with how, to go how back old to we 19. are. I know. If you want to chop 20 years off, I'm sorry. I mean, you can, yet, I anyway. guess. They're just not going to change it in court. That's right. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, we're, we're glad uh, that you could, you're following us and, and you're listening and you're telling others. And Bets, tell our listeners how they can support us, um, how they can get behind this podcast. Uh, Okay, guys, so if you're on iTunes, if you have an Apple device, you can go to the podcast app and find us there, um, or obviously Intersect Podcast, and on that app, you can subscribe, so you get a notification when uh, when a new episode is published, and there, too, you can give us a rating with stars, one star, I hope not, but one, two, three, four, five. Um, we would love for you to rate us. That does help other people to find us. And also, um, you can leave a review. That would be great. If you have any feedback for us, please uh, send us an email. It's intersect at anyprez.com. And guys, um, do come to our website, anyprez.com slash podcast. We'll um, link to some of these articles we referenced. Mm-hmm. And um, I do want to give a shout out to our amazing producer, Billy mm. Grooms. Amen. He's sat in the room with us for each of these episodes. Yep. He is the unseen technological force behind all of these podcasts. We could not do any of yeah. this without him. And so we just want to give know, him a big shout out. You don't out. know what we sound like before Billy edits us. So yeah. Thank you, Billy. He's pretty awesome. So thanks to Billy. Thanks for uh, listening, everybody. All right. Tune in next time. Bye.